All right, you football-loving maniacs, time for another edition of Three Honest Lads. And this time, I brought two people with me. So you don't have to listen to me by myself. You don't have to listen to one guest. Okay, I guess it's kind of two guests. It's not really a guest. It's a guest and a friend and a friend and a lad. You know how it works at this day and age. I have trouble putting one and one together, which makes three. We've got a special guest for you, though. Head coach, North Carolina FC, Dave Serkin is going to be joining us. And I'm joined by one of my fellow lads, Gage Tillotson. Gage, my man, how you doing, buddy? Well, hey, Dev, I'm doing wonderful, my friend. How are you? I'm good, I'm good. Um, you know, the, uh, I don't do well with specifics. I'm more so a, uh, a banter type of guy, and uh, I ask the questions that are put in front of me. You know, you want me to be an idealist? That's difficult for me because ideas are, you know, pretty hard to come by. Yeah, that's that's okay. Uh, luckily, we've got a got a wonderful um, interview you with us today, so I'm sure he'll help you uh, hold your hand along the way anytime you need it, Deb. Yeah, right. <laughs> I appreciate that. Thank you, Gates. As always, putting me in my place. And what, yeah, what am I doing? Why am I talking? Why are we talking? Let, let's get to the main man himself, Dave Serkin. Dave, I'm gonna see if I can intro this correctly. College player, professional player, both indoor and outdoor. We'll get to that in a minute. Let's see. Assistant at Rochester, assistant at Cornell, assistant at Virginia, head coach Cornell, ACDC. See what I did there? AC United States Men's National Team, head coach Chicago Fire, two-time Open Cup champ, everybody look it up, and a supporter shield, assistant at the Galaxy, assistant national team, interim national team, head coach North Carolina FC, husband, father, former GQ Man of the Year, and a five-star chef. Did I miss anything? (laughs) Well, I think now that I I can replay what you said, I think you covered my entire life. I, I can hang up now. I'm good. I'm good. I'm still working on my cooking now. I'm still working on the cooking, but uh, yeah, you're you're pretty close. Pretty good. All right. We're getting there. It's a work in progress, right? The uh, we're still working on the, uh, the souffles. You know, I talked to you about that. The fried rice needs a little bit of tweaking. You got to work on your volcano on the hibachi, right? Yeah. Yeah. I'm a great breakfast guy though. I got to tell you, I can, I can make frittatas, flip eggs. I'm, I'm a good morning guy. No question about it. I love that. And believe me, I've I've had time to work at it. Yes, I feel like we all do right now. It's been an interesting time. And, and most importantly, let's start off with an easy question. Everybody happy? Everybody safe? You doing well? Thank you. Yeah, everybody's uh, – all of my immediate uh, family are all doing well. Uh, my son's in Omaha, Nebraska. My daughter's in Chicago. My wife and I are here in Cary. Uh, everybody's healthy and just uh, getting into their own routines. So, yeah, thanks for asking. Awesome. Well, we're, we're happy to hear that. And, um, you know, kind of before we came on, we, we all talked about, you know, where this could go. And, and I like what Dave said. Dave said, let's have a little fun. So let's start um, with your opportunity. It, it'll be a quick transition here, but um, interim men's yep. national team manager, 2018 North Carolina finishes ninth. That was obviously prior to your arrival last year. Massive turnaround, finished seventh. Um, you guys came in. It was an opening day heartbreak to, to Louisville, but those are some fun battles. And then the season stops. Um, COVID-19 yeah. has obviously taken, taken over our beautiful game and this world that we live in. It's, it's a crazy world that we live in right now, but we're trying to find ways to stay happy and stay positive. Given the current conditions, Coach, with everything, where does the immediate future of the club lie, in, and what does this project look like long-term once we get back? Well, those are they're great questions, and of course, you know, uh, the hard part is giving you a specific answer. You know, we have... 
we have an owner in Steve Malik who he's a he's a great guy. He's a smart guy. He's an ambitious guy. He's got a lot of irons and different fires. Uh, specifically, you know, he's the owner of, of our club and the women's team here, the Courage. Uh, he's actively or was well, still is, but you know, been actively involved in building uh, an entertainment venue downtown Raleigh, which would include a soccer. Uh, we'll call it an entertainment sa- uh, stadium. We call it a soccer stadium, but there'll be other things there with enter- entertainment all around it. Um, so he he's a guy that uh, still has hope and and has a lot of ambition. Uh, we, like many clubs, have had to do some furloughs uh, with uh, some employees with the front office. But the idea is that uh, there is going to be light at the end of the tunnel. We're going to get those uh, workers back. Uh, and the hope is we get back on the field. So, you know, like many clubs, we're in the waiting game. But I think, uh, like I said, I think we have an owner that's uh, committed and um, and we're a team that's hopeful. Coach, let me uh, let me um, <clears throat> follow up. As Devin mentioned, with the COVID right now, things are obviously crazy all over the world, and and that means sports as well. Um, with that in mind, how, how have you and the boys? How have you stayed proactive during this time, whether it be training or conditioning or anything of the sort? And in what ways have you had to get extra creative or think outside the box because of our current um, situation? Yeah, you know, good question. Uh, all of our players are here in market when when this first broke. And as Devin alluded to, you know, we opened up and then four days later we had to shut it down. Uh, but the guys have have remained local. Um, like many clubs, we've been proactive in assigning fitness regimens to them. Uh, we, we have uh, a program where they uh, check in almost, well, daily actually on what they've done. Uh, thank goodness for Zoom. I wish I bought stock in Zoom like all of us, but we've uh, each, each Friday we do a Zoom call with the entire team so that we have uh, a connection, a facial connection. We go through everybody, make sure they're doing all right. Uh, I've assigned some senior leaders within the group to make calls during the week along with my staff and myself. So we've tried to keep connected and keep them engaged as best we can. Um, and of course they ask a lot of questions and there's a lot of speculation with them as well. But uh, I think the walls are starting to close in slightly with some of them, but for the most part, their attitude is positive. Uh, and, you know, each week when we've met uh, early on, we've tried to bring on a different face and voice. So we had our a sports uh, psychologist one week. We had our, our, uh, our doctor on one week. Um, I may bring some friends or special guests as we move along uh, just to uh, keep them uh, motivated and keep them engaged. So, you know, I think we're doing as, as best we can in, in, under these circumstances. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, as you mentioned, keeping that attitude positive is, is, is key for everybody nowadays because you can certainly get that cabin fever feel. Um, and now yeah. sort of bringing this out to more of a, ma- a macro, because um, obviously everyone in America and all the other USL teams are affected by this. What, what do you see as the future of the USL, um, whether it be short-term this season or long-term into next or a mix of both? Where, where do you see us heading after this, this COVID um, pandemic? <sighs> Well, if, if you if you put the COVID to the side and you ask me about USL, I, you know I, I've been pleasantly surprised, really, with with the league, the quality, the executive uh, people uh, who are thinking outside the box. Obviously, there's a lot of teams in both divisions and the championship level. 
Um, with with the current climate, uh, I know like all leagues around the world uh, and MLS and our league, there, there's a lot of discussion, uh, whether it's daily or every few days, but certainly every week to all different scenarios. If we're back in June, if we're back in July, if we're back in August, I'm hopeful that um, as as the world begins to open up, I read this morning that that Germany uh, they haven't been given the full green light, but they're planning to, to reestablish the league May 9th. As things begin to open up, um, it gives us hope. And you know, if they have to abbreviate the season, if they have to divide our 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 uh, Eastern Conference into two divisions, where now the travel is less financially or, or, or easier financially in terms of a lot of flights and all the rest. I know they're thinking uh, seriously about different scenarios. So um, I'm hopeful. I, I, I would, if I were a betting man, I'd say that when we do resume, we likely would do it with, with, uh, with no fans, which isn't so great. Maybe there's a way to socially distance um, in USL with, with fans coming in, but you know, I, I think there's there's hope um, in the bigger, bigger picture as we move ahead. You know, there is some concern, I think. Uh, I can't speak for specific clubs, but I, I would guess there's some clubs that financially this is just going to be a, a real challenge to uh, reengage down the line. So uh, if that happens, I know there's there's other people and franchises and cities that want to be a part of things. So I do think USL will will uh, get through this as a league. Dave, let's get to the important stuff. Um, all due respect, everything that's gone on. Just kidding. New <laughs> stadium, you mentioned. Um, you, you talked about the entertainment venue, how it could be involved. I know you and John Hackworth are uh, quite close. He was very adamant about things that were going into that, that project, um, going over at Lynn's family for Louisville City. He talked about his bathroom, his office. Rumor has it he's put in a fruit punch fountain in, into that office and into the, to the stadium. Is there anything specifically that you've been involved in that they've picked your brain on and said, hey, man, I got to have that? Well, certainly not a fruit punch station. I can assure you that. That's a Hackworth <laughs> classic right there. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're, we're, absolute, we're not at that stage yet, Devin, to be very honest. I think as, as uh, the phases continue to get uh, or the, I'll say the boxes get checked and things move along at some point, I would like to think Steve and his people and the architects uh, would want input from myself and, and the technical side. Uh, so no, we're not at that stage yet, but I think um, knowing Steve and, and knowing uh, uh, his attention to detail that that will come up. Um, uh, I will make sure that we have uh, a vegetarian uh, meal each day uh, and good nutrition. Uh, the fruit, the fruit, I can't speak to that one with Hackworth, uh, my office and my bathroom and all that, you know, I, I'm, I'm, a, I'm an average guy. I'm an average guy. I'll be okay. As long as we have a lot of toilet paper left, there might not be, you know, after this pandemic guys. So stock up. Just uh, raid Gage's house. Apparently he's been hoarding. So I'll, uh, I'll give you the, the access code to his front door deal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no problem. No problem. Dave, quick follow up. Talking about the league specifically and how you've been pleasantly surprised. Step back for a second prior to your entrance into the USL. Pleasantly surprised about the league. If you go back even further, 
whether it was your time um, with the men's national team, you can go back to the galaxy, the fire, we can go all the way back um, to, you know, to late eighties, early nineties as an assistant and a college coach in your wildest dreams. Did you ever believe that right now the USL championship or that a second division could be where it's at right now? No, I mean, I, I, if you go back that far, I, I couldn't have even imagined we'd have a league like major league soccer. You know, I mean, I, I go back far enough guys when I was playing in the North American soccer league, and I'm talking about the original one now, not the, the second version uh, where when I played in Rochester, the fence around our field was, was a wooden picket snow fence. And, and the and the stands were cement, uh, and there was no asphalt in the parking. Uh, so you know where I've seen it from that perspective, uh, going through the, the the variations where NASL folded, then the league started up, and all, all the phases moving to where we are today uh, in this country with soccer-specific stadiums and. and two viable leagues that are accommodating enough good football. No, I wouldn't have uh, imagined. uh, I wouldn't have imagined it to be very honest. Coach, uh, let me shift gears a little bit and and focus on a tournament that, that affects all of these leagues that we've mentioned so far. And you as, as a two time U S open cup champion with the Chicago fire, um, how, how important is that tournament to the beautiful game in our country and follow up more blatantly, do you see it taking place this year? Well, I'm I'm a, I'm a big fan of the U.S. Open Cup. Obviously, I've had I've had a lot of success in competing in it, uh, winning a couple championships, and and doing well uh, as a coach with our team. <clears throat> I remember when um, uh, when I took the job with the Fire, <clears throat> excuse me, and we met with our <clears throat> senior leaders and talked about the year, uh, they brought up supporter shield. They brought up the MLS cup and, and U S open cup was really important to the players. Uh, and it's been important and it's just a, a fabulous tradition that, um, I think has, has added to the landscape of football in our country. Uh, it gives everybody a chance and, um, we've treated it very seriously. Uh, unfortunately, I, I would say that uh, given the current climate, I, I don't see it happening this year. I really don't. And, and that's a sad thing. Um, but uh, I, I think if you sort of take a bird's eye view of what's in front of us and have to prioritize things, I just don't think there's going to be space and room available for, for that, that open cup. So, you know, unfortunately, I, I think that's going to be the reality. And the hope is once we come to the end of this and we get through the tunnel, as they say, uh, next year we'll be back on track and get back into it. But it's a great, it's a great tournament. Sad, sad that I think that's going to be the likelihood of it. Coach, a lot of, um, and keep the transitions going as, as Gage verbiage was perfectly put. A lot of things going on at the youth level. North Carolina has been at the forefront of some amazing talent for years. Um, I can remember challenging those guys in ODP and and the youth national program and regionals and nationals and um, Charlotte blue. I mean, those guys were always giving me a hard time. Now it's North Carolina FC and there's so much going on in that area, the DA and everything that's gone on recently, kind of just your generic thoughts on the current status on youth football right now. And personally where you'd like to see some changes made and see it go nationwide. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, you know, obviously there was a big shakeup over the last week uh, within within youth soccer. No question that you know U.S. soccer has expanded the, the development academy. I, you know, I was between my stints um, with the Galaxy, um, uh, or I should say, with the Fire in the Galaxy. I was I was uh, the director of scouting for the for the academy after John Hackworth left. Um, so I was part of it from the, from the early onset. And I think it's been, it's been good. It's been really good. Um, uh, but you know, I think U S soccer is our governing body. They're not in the business of, of running leagues or, or, uh, academies and so on. So I think fundamentally, I I don't have a problem with U S soccer doing what they did. I think the way they did it and, and the way it sort of looks to everyone's eye, it was not good. Uh, the communication certainly should have been better and it caught people a little bit off guard. No question about that. But, you know, I go back and you mentioned ODP. I I, I think, you know, we're going to find and develop, there's so much out there now. And and I trust many clubs throughout our country. You know, I speak specifically for our club, which is as good as there, there is in the, in the country in terms of volume of kids uh, with facilities and the people that are involved um, in this soccer rich area. I think we do it better as well as anyone. And, you know, there, there's going to be avenues for, for, teams. It's just the way it's the natural order of things, whether MLS starts their league, whether ECNL uh, continues to, to evolve um, and, and, and get better. The, 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 the hope is that um, there's enough out there in everyone's market um, to continue to develop players, have good people setting up the right environment in their area to, to push players along. And the, the, the big challenge always is to have good competition, right? And having, having teams that challenge one another. And I think we have enough out there, good people, good teams, good, good clubs that can do that and provide that. Um, there's no magic bullet here. And, and I think that's one of the fallacies. Everybody thinks, well, let's do this, let's do that. And all of a sudden we're going to be a national power, uh, worldwide power. Um, it, it's still uh, always going to be a work in progress. Um, but I think we have enough uh, where it can certainly uh, continue and, and, and continue to get better. All right, Coach. So I'm going to stick with, with youth there. And um, as Devin mentioned, talk about the North Carolina area. I'm an, I'm an NC kid, so here's my inner bias coming out on this question. But um, whether it be a, a youth or even a collegiate level, in the Triangle area, there's, there's such an abundance of talent, whether it's, you know, UNC Chapel Hill, Go Heels, NC State. Um, I think there's a school in Durham, but I'm not even positive. They, they're not that important. Um, how impressive University is University of Durham, is? yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, 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 that's it. Thank you. That's it. There's no private school there. There's nothing blue there. Um, how right. impressive is that talent pool in the Triangle area, and how is it compared to other places you've coached? Yeah, I, I mean, I um, now that I've been here, you know, I, I've obviously uh, competed here way back when I was at UVA, and you know, throughout all the years, whether it was the the Tarantini years at NC state or John Rennie at, at that university of Durham school you mentioned, uh, or all the, you know, Walt Chisovitz at, at Wake, you know, I, I've, yeah. I've been, uh, on the pulse of this area for many, many years. Now that I've been here, um, it's, 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 it's actually, 
you know, open my eyes even more to not only the collegiate programs, but, but the clubs and our club and the amount of, of uh, soccer rich talent that, that this area has. I, I, I would say that, you know, I've been fortunate uh, to live in, in pretty good cities where there's been a good uh, infrastructure of, of youth football and, and youth talent, whether it be in Chicago uh, with a lot of the great clubs in Chicago, whether it was in Virginia, my time there, out in L.A., of course, there's uh, an abundance of, of, of youth programs and teams. But I would say North Carolina rivals every every place I've been in terms of uh, overall um, you know, talent, overall uh, interest, overall infrastructure. No question about that. Dave, one question about the national level. Um, I know you have a lot of personal relationships with these guys and, um, and you care deeply for, for this sport in general, but of course, within the country, a lot of coaches, um, senior and the youth level that have departed. I mean, the vacancies to go alongside the DA story, uh, I believe it's the, 16, 17, 18, 19, and 20s, if I'm not mistaken. Um, again, I'm, I'm just running through my head that are currently vacant. You know, you're gone. John left. Tab's gone. Um, Raphael Wiki gone. A lot of guys. And obviously for good opportunities, is, is there in your mind, is there an opinion why people have left or is it just opportunities and, and now they need to move on and find someone else? Well, Devin, look, I mean, uh, I could spend quite a few minutes on this, but uh, the truth, of the truth, of the, <laughs> yeah, what's that? Yeah, the truth of the matter is, um, the truth of the matter is that uh, I, I do, I do believe uh, that U.S. soccer uh, has needed a change uh, at, at at the high at the top. To be honest, I think there's been a. a, a a lack of, of, of proper leadership in, 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 uh, us soccer for a number of years. Um, and I think we've lost a lot of good coaches, uh, because of a culture that I think could have been a place where people really enjoyed working. And I, I'm not so sure it was treated that way to be very blunt. Um, uh, I don't speak personally to that. I, I was treated fairly, um, you know, there are a lot of stories of people that enjoyed their time there, which they should. Uh, but overall, I think we've lost a lot of good coaches um, due to that fact. And, and I think uh, now they have an opportunity to get that right with new blood, um, with, with uh, a new senior leadership team. Uh, and it's going to take time. It's going to take time. And, and, and having the right vision sticking to it, uh, getting the right people. You know, I'm a big believer in organizations. You, you need good people, smart people, ambitious people, and you have to have leaders that are willing to adapt and listen and, 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 and trust uh, people that are, are part of it. And so if it becomes an, uh, more of an all-inclusive organization uh, and, and you continue to uh, push each other in, in, a, in the right way, uh, challenge one another in the right way and get the right people on board, I think we'll be, we'll be in good shape. And it's going to take some time to do that. But we have new people in there, and now we got to give them that opportunity to do that. Love the way that's stated. And, and I love, I, I love the, what kind of what you said earlier, how it's like, yeah, maybe it wasn't 
wasn't necessarily treated correctly, but like you said, you felt you were treated correctly. Other people have felt the same way. And I'm with you. Let's head in a positive direction. Let's get it going. Now we're going to get to the questions, by the way, sir, that everybody you're here for. I apologize. Some of them dig pretty deep, but Gage and I worked really, really hard. We're going to call it a, a lightning round of sorts. Some of them you might have to expand upon. Some of them are one word okay. answers. We're hoping that you can handle it. Are you ready? Uh, I'll try. Okay, go for it. All right, I'm going to start. Coach, favorite color and why? <laughs> oh, boy. Um, favorite color and why? I, you know, I'd probably go with, with blue. I, I think, I, I, and why blue? I think, um, not to sound sappy, but, you know, I'm a positive guy, optimistic guy, blue represents like a blue sky. So I, w- I would say in the blue family. I love that. Blue, answer, not coach. depressive. I'll, blue, not, yeah. I, so I'll go ahead and put words in your mouth. You mean Carolina blue. There you go. Uh, light blue is what he means, everybody. Um, well, so <laughs> you can interpret it any way you'd like. <laughs> there we go. Um, now, we know Devin mentioned your, your culinary master. With that in mind, Coach, what's your, uh, your favorite North Carolina area food that you've got to have being in that area? Oh, that's an easy one for me, and, and I'll surprise you because I, I, I don't eat meat, okay? So people always ask me about barbecue. I did used to, let's face it, but, uh, I, you know, I've gone the health route for, for a number of years, but we found a place called Fiction Kitchen down in Raleigh that is, you would swear when they served, they, when they served their barbecue, you'd think you'd be, you're eating meat. So we've gone there quite often, Fiction Kitchen downtown. That's my that's my go to place. My wife and I love it. Oh man, I I need I need a trip there quickly because I uh, my wife has for health reasons has steered me towards the veggie side as well. Let's stay on food then. Um, last sure. year, again, one of your friends, um, John Hackworth, I picked his brain. I was up at uh, Toronto FC for Decision Day, and I'd never been to Toronto before. And I said, Hack, you know, hook me up. Where am I going? And he pointed me in the right direction. That sparked a discussion with um, voice of the USL, Mike Watts. And he kind of put something up online the other day and said, you know, help me out. Where do you use your per diem around the United States? So given an unlimited budget of sorts, what's your favorite spot? If you have one being on road trips around the United States where you would take that per diem and go, Oh yeah, we're going here when we're in this city. Wow. That's a great question. Hmm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, look, the, the big cities that, 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 uh, you know, if, if I'm in the New York area, uh, we go into New York, uh, we'll do pizza and Mamoon's falafel. Mamoon's falafel is legendary. So that would be a go-to for sure. Um, in Chicago, you know, if I'm really going to go for it, there's uh oh man, there's so many good food places. Uh, I would lean on a place called RPM Italian in Chicago. Um, and, uh, boy, we don't, we don't get out. Well, we see, we don't go with USL. We don't go on the West coast. So I won't go there. Uh, that, that would be two <laughs> go-tos. That would be two go-tos, but each city, to your point, each city we go, we, we end up going to, um, it's our it's our mission to find a great spot. So each of the oh, cities yeah. in in USL, there's always a place we can find. Hi, right, coach. I'm going to shift your go throw it back to your indoor career, um, and I got a question about that for all of our listeners. Um, you played for Pittsburgh Spirit, the Buffalo Stallions, yep. the 
Baltimore yeah. Blast, and the Kansas City Comets. My question for you yeah, is, sure. of those four, which is your favorite mascot? That's a fabulous (laughs) question. That's great. Um, My favorite mascot would be the stallion. I mean, that was, and that was a real, by the way, before our games, they actually had a guy on a stallion and on a horse come out and and parade around uh, the indoor arena. And of course the horse was leaving Trail, a trail of you know what all around so there would be another guy behind him you know scraping it up which was classic um each one was kind of cool like the blast they had us coming out of a spaceship with a lot of the the dry ice and fo- foam so and the comets really didn't have a, a uh, they had a laser show uh so i'd say i'd say um it would be the stallion yeah for sure I mean, were you sliding on the turf afterwards? I mean, you had to have remnants of that stuff in your in your socks, right? <laughs> well, on. believe me, there was a there were remnants of many things in my socks back in those days. <laughs> you know, they put the they put the turf right over the ice, by the way. So yeah. they would see they would seal the 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 the, uh, the two pieces of turf with with water where it would freeze. So, you know, if you caught if you caught that seam, you're going under. You're going under. But uh, no, I, I stayed away from the poop. I was I was pretty agile back then. We're going back to food of sorts. Um, I'm an out of food, avid foodie myself. Uh, I'm a big gardener, and some of these things have been made into novelties of sorts. Some people are quite scared by them. Some people think they're the most amazing thing in the entire world. We need to know when you walk up to a garden or someone's home. What do you think of garden gnomes? Are they scary or are they necessary? They're not necessary. They're not Agreed. necessary. I'm not a, I'm not a gnome guy. No. Yep. I, they don't scare me. They're just creepy. Yep. They're just a little. Can't creepy. trust them, right? I, I I don't trust them. Even though you know we're we're both similar in height, I don't trust them. <laughs> All right. Look, I can't argue with that question. Um, and I'm gonna I'm gonna follow in Deb's footsteps and, and give you another hard hitting journalism kind of question. Okay. Coach, you've been given an elephant. You can't give it away or sell it. What do you do with the elephant? I can't give it away or I can't sell it. What do I do with the elephant? <laughs> <laughs> Correct. Where did you get that question? Um, we have I the important can't give it here. away and I can't sell it, which means I have to keep it. Correct? Is that my assumption? I, I think so, um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that expression, elephant in the room, I don't think the, my room would be a good place. <laughs> so um, I would probably have to just keep it so that the kids in the neighborhood could come by and, and take pictures. And, you know, I'd collect money for those pictures, and then I'd give it to the to the animal fund. Uh, and I try to, you know, make make the best out of this. You know, what can you say? The, 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 the cleaning up planner. of the poop. Yeah, I think that's what I would do. That's good. I thought you I thought you said train it to go crush all the garden gnomes, but uh, your answer is much nicer and uh, gives it back. Well, um, listen, right, given, you, given a yeah. few more minutes, I might have got there, but I think, I think there you, you, go. Up, you <laughs> cut it off at a perfect time. <laughs> For the garden gnomes' sake, I did, exactly. Um, let me stay with animals there, Coach. If you were a dinosaur, what dinosaur would you be and why? Well, I don't, I don't uh, you know, that wasn't my uh, forte in school. Um, 
I, I think uh, I don't know enough about them that, you know, the Tyrannosaurus Rex, I know the name and I know about it. I think those, those could fly, right? Could those fly? No, no, no. Fastest no, animal no. T-Rex up to 60. I believe it was right. Gage. Well, I, I see a T-Rex because I, I, I was I, with my, you know, I was pretty quick back in the day. I, I'd say T-Rex. My arms aren't short, you know, so I, I don't know if that applies, but the speed. So, you know, and I'm, I'm not a Game of Thrones guy. I totally get it. And, and maybe in this pandemic, I'll start watching it. So I don't have a full knowledge of all, all dinosaurs and all things. So I, I go with the T-Rex. Plus, I like that band back in the day, T-Rex. Okay, there you go. I think that's an excellent, excellent answer. Um, and you stuck with me again on another one there, Coach, so thanks for hanging in there. Who, um, who's the best player you've ever coached against in person? So you've ever coached against them, not on your team. And when you saw them, you just said, wow, who is that person? Mm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. The best player I ever coached against. Um... Well, I was part of uh, the U.S. team when we played Argentina, and uh, there's a guy named Messi that played that day in, in Giant Stadium. Uh, heard of so him. Seeing, see, see, yeah, you've heard him. Yeah, seeing him him up close and, and in person uh, uh, was pretty eye-opening, I would say. Uh, Luis Figo back in the day when we played Portugal was pretty impressive uh, on, on as, as an opponent watching him live and in person. What was the second question on that, uh, Gage? I was, I was just wondering, when you saw that person, you just saw them and said, wow. I was just wondering who that person was. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say this, because um, it's more recent, but when I was coaching the national team and we played France in France in June uh, before their send-off game, when you see guys like Mbappe up close, but, but the other guy that was where all of us went, wow, was, uh, in Golo Conte that day. When you saw him live and how fast and skillful amongst many, but that one was an holy smokes, you know, you'd seen him play, uh, with his club team, but when you saw that up close and personal, that was impressive. That's a really good answer. And you, you mentioned Luis Figo. Correct me if I'm wrong, but in that 2002 World Cup, didn't you and Bruce Arena beat uh, Luis Figo's Portugal team? Oh, I'm glad you mentioned that. Yes, that's actually true. <laughs> yes, yes. Thank you there for you bringing that up. i get that one on the record. Of course. Thank you. You're a good man. You're a good man. I knew you'd bring that up. Thank you. <laughs> you North Carolina boys stick together, huh? Is that how this works now? Always. Always. Why not? Dave, how about um, a couple more? We'll get you out of here. How about transitioning to your side of things? Um, double-sided question one, who's maybe be, in your eyes, the most talented or best player you've ever personally coached? We'll start with that one. Hmm. There's a lot, uh, I know. Over Overall talented player? Because um, I, I have guys that if you said who hit the ball the hardest or who did that, but but the overall best um, I would probably say Landon, you know, given, you know, I got, I've, I've known Landon so many years in, in so many settings, you know, when he was 20 with us at the world cup team, 
And then he, he competed against my teams uh, when I was with the Fire, and then we joined forces with the Galaxy. So I've followed him and known him so long and with the U.S. national team. Oh, pound for pound, uh, I, I, I would probably say Landon. Um, How about the other side of that question? Yeah. Maybe someone, maybe someone who, sorry to jump in front of you, maybe someone who, and this could be someone you coached against. Um, I was thinking maybe someone you actually coached. What about someone who maybe hasn't necessarily gotten the credit that you've seen in person and been like, wow, how is he not higher rated? Or, or maybe someone that you've coached and like, how is he not getting more accolades or, or more press? Hmm. Oh boy. Again, I again, I know the stable's deep. Yeah, it, it, it's deep. You know, one of my de- default answers when, when people have asked me about players I've, I've worked with, um, fall under the category of, of a guy like Chris Armas. So when I had Chris, uh, and, and he does get credit. And Chris, you know, when you start reading, because there's no games, they go back and show games and talk about best 11s, American players. And he does get his credit. But I don't, until you have worked with a guy like Chris and see him day to day on the field, but off the field, especially and the kind of leader he was and what he brought to a team that gets overlooked by the, by a lot of the skillful stars, speedy guys. So I, w- I would default and say Chris Armas really um, would be the guy that I still think a lot of people didn't quite get, uh, but I did. And, and there's still, still many that did. And we'll finalize it up right here. Last one, simple yes or no question, and we'll get you out of here, Coach. Again, beyond grateful for the time. Three on the slides interview with Dave Sarakin. Final question for the main man himself. Coach, pro-rel in the U.S., yes or no? No. Ladies and gentlemen, there you have it, Dave Sarakin. We are beyond grateful. Coach, thank you so much for your time. Stay safe, stay positive, stay the man you are. We love you, and we can't wait to see you and your boys back on the pitch soon. Be well, sir. Well, thank you, guys. I've really enjoyed it. And stay safe as well. Don't go to those Florida beaches. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks okay. for the reminders. Got to throw the Florida thing in. Thanks, Coach. Have a good one. Sorry. Thank you so much, Coach. Okay, bye-bye. See you, guys. Bye.